What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 95 of the 1% Podcast. I have my best friend, confidant, now fiancé, and personal chef, Nina, joining the podcast for the third time. Nina, how's it going? It's going well. Last time, we have to be honest with fans that you've tried to record this already once, and last time, personal chef came before fiancé. So I'm just really happy that when you introduced me this time, you said fiancé before personal chef. Yeah, yeah. This is like the first podcast where I've restarted the beginning. And it's only it because it's times. me because I interrupt him. Yes, so. but she is right. I need to let her talk. So <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. We are now engaged. We have set up a joint bank account, which I think is something to talk about, right? It's a big day today. Yes. We set up a joint checking account. For our living expenses, we decided we want to keep, you know, our separate accounts that we have since we both work and make our own money, but it's so annoying Venmoing each other back and forth for our bills, so. Well, I'm kicked off Venmo, so uh, yeah. I can't even do I that. I use Venmo as like a verb. Cash app Zell. and Zelle. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm on the ghetto bus over here with the cash <laughs> app and Zelle train, but I'm also kicked off of Uber if anybody was wondering, so I'm a Lyft guy as well, but... So many red flags. Yeah, I know. I'm in a tough situation with some of these applications, but anyway, um, with all that being said, we thought it was something to kind of talk about of getting a joint account just because it is annoying Venmoing back and forth, so whether you're in a roommate situation or... You know, you're engaged or you're dating someone or whatever the case may be. I think it was something to talk about just because it was very easy to go in and set up an account. We're just going to do, you know, put our living expenses in there to be able to pay them monthly and then almost budget out of that account where we both have our own separate accounts where we can spend money on whatever we want, but also, um, you know, have an account to save and to also be able to pay for our living expenses and budget. Yeah, I think we have been really good about talking about finances from early on since you did my mortgage after a month of dating. But I've talked to so many of my friends that are dating people for like the same amount of time or like, you know, a little less than we have. And they still feel very awkward about talking about finances and things. So I just think it's super important, you know, if you're about to get engaged or you already are engaged to have those conversations. So we definitely you know, obviously live together and wanted to have a joint account, but we also feel like, you know, we should be able to have the freedom to have our separate accounts too. I know some people combine absolutely everything, but you know, we want to surprise each other and get each other gifts sometimes, or I want to go shopping and you don't need to know how much money I spent. So yeah. (laughs) In the same vein though, like you do well, you make your own money. I'm proud of you, so therefore you should be able to spend it how you like as long as it aligns with our goals and what we want to accomplish over the next 5, 10, 20 years, whatever the case may be. So we are going to get a little bit stricter on our saving, yes, savings and our budget. So we have done a budget together, but we have not stuck by that at all. We did the budget, and then we closed the computer and never looked at it again. I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever opened that tab again on the computer. So that is a problem, but at the same time, I think we still have done pretty well with managing all the stuff. Because it has been busy. We're in a busy season of life. Like, we're traveling all the time. We're going to all these weddings. We're we're having a wedding. It's like, there's a lot of stuff to pay for. So, I think that's also a very, you know, good point about talking about finances, too. Is because if we didn't talk about finances at all, and it wasn't like, hey, like, I'll get this. I'll get that. And it was more like, we just do our own thing. I feel like that's, like, 
it's almost like a secret relationship with money, like not knowing what the other person's making or what they're able to provide. Cause like, that's a big part of like when you're able to have a family, when you're able to get engaged, when you're able to buy a house, like as much as people are like money doesn't buy happiness, like your life revolves around money. If you don't have money, you're, you can't do anything. So like, it's a huge talking point. You can't go out to dinner as much if you don't have the flexibility to pay for it. Like, and I know that like, we've had these problems too, where like sometimes it stresses me out, like being like, Oh, we're spending this on this We're we need to save this much money. So where like when we can talk about it out loud and have like a joint account where we can kind of look at things and then divvy out money accordingly, I think that's going to help both of us to be able to have a visual, you know, representation of what we have together and then also separately. I totally agree. I think we also are in the same industry. So we have the same long-term goals, especially like, you know, investing in real estate. And I haven't even told you this yet, but my mom just got back from Gary Keller's KWRI mastermind. I'm have to have Terry on the pod to talk You about should. That. She just has to be brave enough to talk on the microphone. Yeah. I think she might like it better because she hates doing videos with me. But if you can't see her, maybe she'll act normal. Yeah. But she was telling me, you know, obviously he's like one of the wealthiest people especially in real estate and i think he's the wealthiest well, person asset, in the real estate wise he's probably one of the wealthiest people in america yeah say. like my mom was talking about how she stayed at this hotel this weekend and didn't get a bill and then she found out it's because gary keller owns the hotel so you know they could just stay there and it's like in a prime location of austin but anyways she was telling me one of the biggest takeaways from him and what he said that he's done is you just you have to buy land and you sit on the land for a few years, and then you sell it to a builder, and you make money. He said he bought this piece of land in Texas. can't remember how many acres she said it was, but for like $500,000, sat on it for three years, sold it to a builder for $2.1 Like, that's how you make money. So that's two, 400% on his investment. And yeah. you can leverage that. So you don't have to have $500,000 in cash. You just have to have the financial means and a budget per se or savings to be able to pay that monthly payment if you don't put $500,000 well that's what I was telling my mom too because she's like this is how you're going to build an empire you need to start you know buying real estate it's like well at our age capital is the biggest problem and that's exactly what Gary was talking about because he came from nothing and started doing this and you just have to find investors so I told my mom I'd pick her as my investor yeah (laughs) so we'll see yeah I mean Honestly, we're very fortunate, obviously, from being able to go to two SEC schools and growing up in the Atlanta area. Like, we know plenty of people that have money, and a lot of people that are listening to the podcast know plenty of people that have money. So, like, if you are trying to do some of these things, I think that it's easy. Not easy. It's definitely difficult, but you can make it easier by talking to people and, like, having a formulated plan and coming to someone instead of just having an idea but having exactly what's going to happen over the course of three, five, seven, ten years, I think that you're... A lot of people are willing to take a risk on a younger person that's willing to put their neck out there, I think. You know, well, that's a lot what of people makes, got their start that way. That's what makes it a win-win. I mean, if there's plenty of people sitting around with a bunch of money, but if they're risk-averse or they just don't have the knowledge in real estate, and like you, know, you and I do and people listening might have knowledge in another field that could make people a lot of money, if you can just do the work that people you know don't want to do or don't know how to do, they have the means to do so i mean you can make it a win-win for sure yeah i was going to say like people will pay you money to do the work you might not have the money but you can definitely do the work and as younger people i think that's on us so 
obviously the podcast is part of this too, but like, I think that's the big thing. Like you have your nine to five job and then you should have something five to nine that I think we're trying to build some five to nine things like the podcast and, you know, just doing stuff outside of your daily work, uh, you know, just having passion projects and stuff like that. Like we were talking about, I think is very essential, not only for your long-term success, but also for the health of our relationship and other people's relationship. Would you not say? Yeah. You're definitely better at that than me, but my job also, I feel like your job is very draining too, but mine's more in being in front of people. And like, I got home around six o'clock tonight because I was at a client's house because it was their three-year-old's birthday party and we were going and bringing her a gift. Like, I feel like I get a lot of my connections and I don't know, socialization that way. And you, you do all of your, you know, coaching and podcasting, training for a marathon, but I could be better with my hobbies. Yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know what my hobbies are yet. It's, it's a work in progress. We can find that out. But at the same time, you guys do, you don't have a nine to five. Like you don't, you know, you guys can, you guys, you work on the weekends, you have other things that you're doing. So obviously if your job is encompassing like that, then it's a little bit different because you're actual, you're an entrepreneur already. That's your passion project is being an agent. Thank you. That was so nice. I'm working on it. It's the truth. You guys have built a very nice business, and uh, I'd love to watch you do it. So it's been fun. But um, anyway, moving on from the whole joint bank account and all that stuff, <laughs> another thing that I wanted to get into is kind of like the healthy eating. Because I talked about last week on the podcast about how I've been trying to help a few of my friends. I built you know a couple people some workout plans, shared some things with them to eat. But obviously, it's been you who's been making all the food i am not a great cook nina loves to cook she's a great cook and i'm very fortunate that you cook healthy food that is great tasting so can you kind of share with them like how you find these recipes what's an easy way for people to maybe that don't have a companion that cooks for them maybe what's an easier way for them to do it because you do meal prep on sundays most weeks um you do make very healthy food all the time and I'm very thankful for it. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there because that's really, if we're talking about it, like with health and fitness and stuff, eating healthy is I would say 90, 80% of having a fit body. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Isn't it 80, 20? Yeah, just like everything else, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I'm talking to males or females because I Both. don't know if if your friends that are guys are like going to go on Pinterest, but that's where I get Pinterest and TikTok are usually where I get the majority of my recipes. Cause I just find it fun to like scroll and I'll just save stuff. But the biggest thing that I try to do is Sunday. If I'm not super busy, Sunday is usually my day that I kind of plan out the meals for the week. I'll look at our calendars and make sure we don't have, you know, dinners or, late things that night and pick which days we're going to eat at home and then plan the meals, make a grocery list, go to the grocery store that day. I try to get, you know, three to five dinners, depending on what we're doing that week. And then I try to get one thing for lunch just because Hunter eats out for lunch a lot. And I honestly sometimes do too, just depending on what, like what my day looks like. But I try to just make one meal as lunch, which usually will yield like four servings. So it'll give us each like two lunches a week. So that's really what I meal prep. And then breakfast. I've been trying since I've been in the gym and working out more. Protein has been like my biggest focus, especially during breakfast, because if I have a protein filled breakfast, I don't snack as much. So I've been making these protein muffins, you know, we'll do egg bites sometimes, 
trying to get with the cottage cheese trend. I'm just not sure how I feel about that one. I but cottage, I would never be a cottage cheese. I know. I know. That's so you. You hate the texture. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if I'm meal prepping, it's usually breakfast, lunch, because those are the times of days, you know, where we're most busy and running around, and I don't have time to think about cooking a meal. But then dinners, I just I try to plan on Sunday, and Pinterest and TikTok are my best friends. But we also are pretty repetitive. Like, we have meals that we know we like. I guess the best rule of thumb, I would say, for someone is just focus on, like, a protein, a carb, and a vegetable. Yeah, and it's, again, it's 80-20 with the diet and fitness, but it's also 80-20 with your eating. So, like, what I think we do very well is we eat 80% pretty clean. I would say very clean when we eat at home, but then we allow ourselves to go out. Like, last night, we got to go to Italian with Brad and Tegan when they were in Atlanta, so it's great to see them, but, like, I had a burger and fries and, you know, we, we're allowed to do that because we eat so healthy and don't snack as much during the week. And I'd say we have popcorn as our snack, which I think is a pretty healthy snack. If you're going to go with a snack, it's not chips or something that's crazy bad for you. Um, but the one thing I, we could probably lay off a little bit is a little candy. But That's all me. I will take the full blame. I just love candy. No, it's hard. I struggle the most like at the nighttime hours I can have like in the morning I'll have a great workout and I'll be like I am going to be on my shit this week clean eating I can do really well for breakfast lunch dinner sometimes I will like will want to go out and get something that's maybe not the best but then like after dinner it's so hard for me to not have some sort of sweet treat so I'm working on that but yeah, but I think a lot of that has to do with, like, your water intake, too. If you drink a lot of water and it fills you up, it's tougher to want to eat something. But candy's a little bit different. But if you struggle with snacking during the day, I think water is the best way to not snack. Cause I just or protein. Water. I just think if you can focus on protein for every single meal, it's going to help you. Like, even when I – I don't think snacking is a bad thing. Like, if you like to have smaller meals and have a few snacks throughout the day, I think that's fine. But maybe just look at your snacks a little bit more. That's what I've been doing. Like instead of having some chips or pretzels, like I'm going to eat something that has a little bit of protein in it just because I know that's actually going to fill me up. So it's like, are you snacking just because you want to eat something or are you snacking because you're actually hungry? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a lot of boredom eating is what happens, especially for me. Um, But awesome. Last thing I want to get into before we let you guys run and let ourselves go get some dinner because the Instapot just broke. I'm devastated. I'm yeah. trying. I'm we trying, trying not to, to talk about it. This, but, but I think the Instapot just broke. So and that freaks me out because it's a pressure cooker, <laughs> a pressure cooker, and I'm scared that it's gonna like explode. So I'm scared to touch it. So it's good that we're just gonna do this, and then we'll go check on things in the kitchen. Okay. Stay well, yeah, tuned. That's a good call. <laughs> um, last thing I wanted to get into. So wedding. I, I really have been probably not yeah tell us all about the wedding planning hunter involved in the wedding planning <laughs> i just agree with what nina wants to do because i know she has a great vision and shows me her pinterest vision boards um but for any guys that are listening or maybe girls what advice would you have for them if they're planning a wedding or going to be planning a wedding sometime soon well i think you were a part of the big factors which were obviously like venue location time of year, guest list. That's really all you care about. And then the details, I really don't think you even care to have a say in. I feel like I show you stuff, but you're not going to like really give me your opinion. Yeah, but like... Which is fine. I don't 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 want you to. I don't necessarily care what flowers are on the table. (laughs) Which is amazing because I really do. So Right. right. Like, and I just could care less. Not not that I could care less, but like I just do not... Yeah, let's phrase that different. I, I care a lot. 
It's not about what flowers. It's going to be the best day ever. Um, But my advice, I guess, would be having a wedding planner. Shout out to Nia Thompson and Tool. She is literally the best. And I was lucky that she planned my older sister's wedding a year, you know, before mine. So she already kind of knew, like, my personality and my family and everything. So that was super helpful. But I would say get a good wedding planner one that you click with and one that just knows the industry because sometimes I'm sitting at meetings and they're talking about linens and breakdown and I don't even know what else, seating charts and things that like I don't even know what they're talking about. It's like a different language. So get a wedding planner. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff you can get taken advantage of on too. Yeah. Pricing, all that stuff. Yeah. Weddings are expensive. I think yeah, maybe right. that's my advice is you just just know it's going to be expensive because you're going to have a lot of sticker shock probably if you have never like planned a wedding or heard these prices. It's actually out of hand and crazy, but I'm very thankful for my parents. Same here. And we're excited. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be the best day ever, June 15th. Like go Coney. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining. The I thought you wanted to talk about again. the vision board. You changed your mind. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. I just have food on my mind, so I want to go to La Botana. So last thing, <laughs> vision board. Um, so I have one right here. I have a lot of quotes. I have Bible verses. I have pictures of people that influence me. I have materialistic items that I want one day. And I've got a lot of different things up there. I need to add some more stuff to it. But um, if someone was going to create a vision board, what would you recommend? How would you recommend them doing it? And why do you think it's important to create a vision board? I feel like yours is more aspirational and you write your goals in a different way. Like you use, I think you just use a journal or something Mm -hmm. to write yours. But for me, I use my vision boards because you also have just had this as a running vision board. Like year by year, you add stuff to it. For me, I like to do them for the year and I like to make them very specific. So I still want them to be like pictures and, you know, aspirational and things. But I put like my actual goals and I make them very specific because I'm looking back on the one for this year and I've hit every single goal because I put specific numbers and, you know, things on there except for one, my reading goal. There's no way I'm reading 20 books this year. Oh, don't worry. I wasn't going to pretend. No, I, my reading goal is the only one unless I like go really hard and read nine books by the end of the year, but I just don't see that in my future. You're halfway there. But I think the good thing is, is like just realizing that for next year, then it's like, Hey, this is what I need to do to accomplish every single one of my goals next year. Yeah. So I just made mine for next year and I just think it's so fun to have them to keep looking back on them too. Like I'm not going to throw away my one from this year. It's just fun to see how you like level up every year and I highly recommend. I think you should really take the time to do it. Like, don't wait till after the first of the year. I think, like, November, December, I know some industries this time is busier. But for us, you know, it's a little bit slower and we can take the time to kind of business plan. But, you know, whether you're doing it on a weekend or not, I think you should really take this time of year to, like, sit and think about what you want personally, professionally. We like to do them for, you know, our relationship, too. I just think it's really important and tracking and you got me onto that. So thanks. You're welcome. I think it's very important, especially for us because like you said, like the, the work is very draining and it is a lot and it's time consuming. So for us to be intentional and have goals for us to like do things together, I think it's very important. It's so, so hard to see your progress. Like every day 
don't just thinking about it day by day. Like you're not going to see things. But then I can look back on my year and be like, wow, I did that. That's the 1% right there. You do the small things right every single day. Then by the end of the year. Mic drop. Is that where we end it? That's where we end it. (laughs) All right. We're going to get La Botana for dinner. Thanks for joining me, babe. I got a, uh, another great interview coming next week. I got three guys coming on the podcast. Um, we're going to work out together on Saturday. One of them is a personal trainer. All three of them have run a, uh, ultra marathon. So I'm super excited to dive in with them. It'll probably be honestly over an hour. We're going to do a long form podcast. One of the guys coming on has his own podcast as well. Um, so going to be a great day Saturday. We'll have some cool stuff for you next week. And on Friday, hope everybody has a great weekend and continues to get 1% better. Love you guys.